afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Dark Delight Podcast with Beans. Frank will be joining us back here on Friday, but for today, you get me. So obviously, Donald Trump won yesterday in the New Hampshire primary. Um, We're going to talk about that towards the end of the show. I have a ton of information surrounding who came out to vote, what we need to look out for, how we need to work together to stop the madness because it is absolute madness. I, for one, am very much looking forward to voting against Nikki Haley in South Carolina next month. I can't wait. Very excited. Very excited to do that. So I am on board with all y'all about the nonsense. But first, I had... um, a lipid panel done, and a bunch of other blood work. Anyway, my doctor ordered the, the lipid panel when, um, well, my, my I guess it was a PA, ordered the lipid panel when they got wind that I was carnivore. And I'm sure they just wanted to prove to me how terrible my blood work would be. And so I would share, I was going to share the entire, the entire result on Twitter, but I know that there's a lot of people out there who are still fooled by the who are still fooled by the cholesterol myth. And so I didn't share all of it. I just shared my triglycerides. I just wanted to tell you guys, I'll tell you before carnivore, which was about a year ago, my cholesterol was 190, my triglycerides were 186, and my LDL was 109. After carnivore, for about a year. My cholesterol was 239. <gasps> My triglycerides were cut in half to 92. And my LDL is 164. Now, a lot of people would say I'm a walking heart attack waiting to happen. But there's a thing called a lean mass hyperresponder. And a lot of people who are ketogenic or carnivore are lean mass hyper responders now when I go back to the doctor I'm fully expecting her to tell me either you need to change your diet or you need to go on a statin and I've been doing a ton of research on statins I had cursory knowledge before but I asked folks on social media to tell me their response or information they've come across regarding statins and I have 342 comments underneath my tweet. Now, I want to read this to you. Hi, LDL. Watch this. This is our friend, Dr. Ken Berry. Um, LDL cholesterol is not a sufficient indicator of the risk of heart disease. Low triglycerides and high HDL is associated with low risk of ischemic heart disease. Statin therapy is not warranted for a person with high LDL on a low-carb diet. Moderate to high levels of cardiorespiratory fitness attenuate the effects of triglyceride to high-density lipoprotein cholesterol ratio on coronary heart disease mortality in men. And there's charts and stuff, but that brought me to this that came out the other day. Just wait. This doctor or PhD, I should say, who is a Harvard medical student, ran a study for himself. He's ketogenic. Oreo cookies. He used himself as a top, a, 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 
test case in a study, which was highly monitored and done properly. And I want to play this video for you guys so you can understand how this works and what he's looking into. Just it's it's pretty crazy. Here we go. Where's the sound? Hold on. Where's the sound? Huh, that's interesting. Bear with me a moment. And based on the model. Here we go. Here we go. Now based on the lipid energy model, adding back carbs, repleting the store of carbohydrates, glycogen in the liver, should bring LDL back down. And based on the model, any carb should work. A banana, a potato, or a sleeve of Oreo cookies. I chose Oreo cookies, honestly, because it is provocative. To me, a nerd and a PhD scientist, the intricacies of the lipid energy model and the lean mass hyperresponder phenotype are themselves awe-inspiring. They make my jaw drop and think, wow. Now, I wanna share this nerd enthusiasm with as many people as possible and bait you into following our research journey. But to do this, I knew I needed something that would turn heads. Oreo cookies seem to do the trick. Most people know what they are, and most people don't think of them as a health food. I know I certainly don't. So after obtaining appropriate ethics and the support of my primary care physician and a consultant cardiologist, I began the first phase, adding 12 Oreo cookies per day, about 100 grams of extra carbs, to my otherwise standard low-carb ketogenic diet. This first phase lasted 16 days, and then I had a washout period, during which I returned to a similar body composition and cholesterol levels before starting a second phase, six weeks of high-intensity statin therapy with 20 milligrams of rosuvastatin. The results were stunning. In 16 days, 12 Oreo cookies per day lowered my LDL cholesterol from 384 milligrams per deciliter to 111 milligrams per deciliter, a drop of 273 milligrams per deciliter, or 71%. In fact, the reason the Oreo phase was prolonged from just two weeks or 14 days to 16 days is because the drop at the second interventional blood draw, which was on day 14, was so shockingly large to my supervising physician and I that we decided we needed to repeat it, at least in triplicate, with follow-up tests on days 15 and 16. And the results showed a continued downward trend at day 16, with Oreo cookies dropping my LDL closer and closer to 100 milligrams per deciliter. Now, these results on their own were well worth publishing, but we still had the statin arm to come. So following a washout period, I began the statin phase with my starting LDL at 421 milligrams per deciliter and similar body composition. After three weeks on 20 milligrams of rosuvastatin, my LDL cholesterol started to plateau in the 280s and 290s with a low of 284 milligrams per deciliter during the six-week phase. Notice how this compares to the Oreo arm. 12 Oreos per day lowered my LDL by 273 milligrams per deciliter, or 71%, while high-intensity statin therapy only lowered my LDL by 137 milligrams per deciliter, or 32.5%. In other words, Oreo cookies were two times as potent as the statin for lowering my LDL cholesterol. To summarize, the Oreo arm resulted in a lowering of my LDL from 384 to 111 milligrams per deciliter in 16 days for a drop of 273 milligrams per deciliter, or 71%. The statin arm, by contrast, lowered my LDL from 421 to 284 milligrams per deciliter over a course of six weeks, with a drop of 173 milligrams per deciliter, or 32.5%, at its nadir. So, Oreo cookies, in this context, in me, were two times as potent for cholesterol lowering as high-intensity statin therapy. Thanks for watching, and to help support our research, please consider sharing the link. So, 
I personally would rather eat a sleeve of Oreo cookies than take a statin to lower my LDL, if that were even important. The question is, is it? Is LDL a good measure of your heart health, cholesterol health, as a standalone? Now, I'm not saying, and I'm certainly not saying, because obviously Oreo cookies are not good for you, to go out and eat 12 Oreo cookies a day if you want to bring your LDL down because the havoc they're wreaking elsewhere is the, but that's the point. (laughs) That's the point. I'm going to share all of this. Here's the paper. I'm going to share all of this for you guys. Oreo cookie treatment lowers LDL cholesterol more than high-intensity statin therapy in a lean mass hyperresponder on a ketogenic diet. What is a lean mass hyperresponder? A lean mass hyperresponder in layman's terms is someone who has a very low composition of body fat, who responds to cholesterol in a different way than most people who don't, who are more obese. And so if you are using the standard scale of what they consider obese, if your BMI, which is another entire sort of myth in and of itself, falls in a certain place, your body may respond to cholesterol in a different way. Cholesterol being vitally important to your body, how it functions, how your brain works, et cetera, so on and so forth. The size of those molecules of cholesterol in your blood makes a difference as well. And so I don't personally look at my LDL and, and, and say anything other than, wow, look at my triglycerides at a 92, slicing them in half on a ketogenic carnivore diet. The rest of my blood work was phenomenal. Everything was great. I feel amazing. I keep on saying my skin's clear. My energy levels are up. My hair grew back in, straight up grew back in. Um... I've, I, have, I haven't been one of those people that have shed hundreds of pounds because I didn't have hundreds of pounds to shed. Oh, the other thing for me, my fasting glucose is always, always, for as long as it's been measured, 103, 104, 102, somewhere around there. My A1C has always been normal. My doctor checks it because I have such a high fasting glucose. This time, my fasting glucose was 92 I mean, it could just be all a coincidence. I've got years worth of tests to show the the contrary. But look into this. I'm going to share some information I found regarding statins. If you just take a cursory glance through this thread and read what people are saying about how they feel after starting and stopping statins, statins can cause pre-diabetes, diabetes. Statins can cause ridiculous pain in your joints, your feet, your toes, um, your body, um, memory issues, serious memory issues. Statin deplete your body of CoQ10, which is a vital heart health molecule, for lack of a better word. Um, I'm, I'm basically, I guess, a test case, although there have been people who have been carnivore for far longer than I have who are insanely healthy. Dr. Sean Baker, there's been people I know I've come across on socials that have been carnivore for almost 20 years. Healthy as ever. Now, to get into intricacies for me personally, as a, as a individual human being, I was having a, a hard time maintaining my electrolyte balance 
Why my body composition works that way, I don't know. I had a little spat a couple weeks, about a month ago, where I was depleted in potassium, which led to uh, tachycardia and other issues. Obviously, you need to have potassium, even though I was consuming a good amount of potassium. Something in, in me, and I was also in a very, very severe acidosis state. And so I personally didn't necessarily want to be that metabolically acidic. Personally, I just didn't feel comfortable there. So I added a handful of blueberries back into my diet every day. So every day I just have a handful of blueberries. And I, I looked at those results post pre-blueberry to post-blueberry. And I'm, I'm back up in the place where I want to be for me personally. Just make your tweaks where you need them. It's a natural sugar. It's a healthy fruit. Berries, healthy for the most part, depending on how far you're going or where you're sitting yourself. So that's how I'm handling my little journey. I'm tweaking and, 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 you know, trying to see how I feel about this or that and seeing how it goes. So just wanted to share that stuff with you. Um, there's a lot here. I mean, a lot of information, a lot of personal experience on statins. 300 something comments, maybe four now at this point. I will share that in the show notes today so you guys can all read through it. I'm hoping to culminate as much as I can into one single resource for people so that they can read it for themselves and just have the other side of the information other than what standard American medicine is telling you because as we know, they lie to your faces all the time. Now, there's a way to... It doesn't mean that if you're going out and you're eating like crap, and your cholesterol's high, that you shouldn't do something about it. There's a big difference between a healthy eating, clean eating diet or lifestyle and a let me shove as many processed foods, seed oils, um, carbohydrates, etc., in my body as I can, a standard American diet for lack of a better word. So I just want to share this with all you guys and then move on from here to this. The CDC has updated its vaccine schedules. Just counting routine vaccines for children, 90 doses of 17 different vaccines. For pregnant women, four doses of four different vaccines. And for adults, 130 doses by the age of 79 of four different vaccines. And here it is. You can't look at this and think it's anything less than criminal. Look at this on the right. Now, it, obviously, these things depend on your area, like dengue for some people, you know. But if you just look through this, and then I would I would implore anybody to grab the manufacturer sheets and look at the ingredients on these and then decide whether you want to put these in your child. It's... Here is the adult for 19 years or older, the adult schedule. I'll put all this in the show notes for you too. COVID-19 is on there for babies. Let's see when they put it on there. They are recommending the COVID vaccine. Where is it? Monkeypox is on here. 
The monkeypox vaccine is on there. I can't find where they put the COVID on the schedule off the top of my Here it is. See notes. Precaution might be indicated if benefit of protection outweighs the risk of adverse reaction. Well, that's interesting. COVID-19 says recommended for all age eligible children who lack documentation of a complete vaccination series. Everybody get the COVID vaccine. Everybody get the COVID vaccine. It's right here. Everyone get it as per the CDC. Here we are. Everyone. Which brings me to this interview, Dr. Pierre Corey. Thank you, Vigilant Fox on X. Dr. Pierre Corey was on with Jimmy Dore. Let's take a listen real quick to what he has to say. People dying then from all the wars since why aren't public health officials also screaming and clamoring trying to figure this out and help our own people i'll get, take it away <laughs> yeah. those are all very good questions why aren't they doing something and i mean jimmy you you know the answer but i can i can help you um or help your listeners i mean we're witnessing a humanitarian catastrophe unleashed by these vaccines I mean, all that data that I put forth, it's even worse than that. I mean, when you look at the actuarial data, you see who died. It was literally the healthiest, most employed, most educated Americans dying at rates never seen outside of wartime. And you're only left with one question. I'll answer your question with the question. Jimmy, do you know what happened in the American workplace in the third quarter of 2021? Was any new rules, regulations, you know, any anything happened to like the corporate workplace in 2021? I think there were some vaccines that were mandated. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Universities, schools, uh, businesses, uh, government, healthcare, And um, you see this outrageous spike in those actuarial tables. And, you know, to your point before, and I, I think it's a fair point, you know, the most compelling and and the the most insane data is coming out of the life insurance industry now they're the only ones who's sort of talking about it they're just talking about the deaths they don't want to put a reason behind it but here's the thing it is in their incentive to do something about this but although that seems like very cynical or self-interested keep in mind that if you look at the history of the life insurance industry they've helped improve building codes electrical codes um uh, you know, uh, nautical safety, maritime safety, car safety, automobile safety, fire safety, right? They, they are in the business of trying to keep us, you know, from dying. And by the way, what do you think it does to a life insurance company when a 22-year-old who's just started paying into a life insurance policy dies, right? I mean, those are huge losses that they're seeing. So you're saying it's not because people are watching too much late night TV and snacking on crunchy food or, or well, unless unless those were introduced into the American diet in the third quarter of 2021. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I. To, to me, it's all about temporal association. And I mean, obesity, even like, and I've, I've heard people, I've heard like mass media journalists trying to come up with, you know, alternative explanations, you know, like the opioid epidemic. Yeah, that, yeah, we, we unleashed fentanyl on the streets in 2021, right? It's been around for 10 years. We know the opiates are a big cause of, of deaths among young people, but these were not drug, drug deaths. They were not COVID deaths. A lot of them were unexpected. We have data from around the world, like in Canada, I think the number one or the number three cause of death now is uh, unknown. 
um, where they don't really have a reason. And that's skyrocketed out of nowhere. That's never happened. Oh, SADS, like SIDS, sudden adult yeah. death. Sudden. I made one for crib, crib death for adults. Yeah. I forgot. Now, talking about SADS, SIDS, etc., I didn't look into. I didn't look into the SIDS statistics, and I actually don't have this pulled up for right now, but I'm going to bring it up. This blew my mind. Now, I knew that there was a correspondence between childhood vaccination and SIDS, but I didn't understand the statistics as of late. And you're going to have to bear with me for a second as I scroll downward in my timeline to pull this up. This is an astounding, astounding um, graphic that I'm going to show you. Uh, obviously, there was a drop-off in vaccination when COVID was here. Hold on. Bear with me a second. And I was actually stunned to see how much of a drop-off this was take a look at this there has been a precipitous drop in sudden infant death syndrome reports as well as seen in the figure below where the rate of reporting of SIDS between 2014 and 2019 is approximately 20 in 2020 it drops by 75 percent to just five reports this is by far the lowest yearly number recorded in the history of VAERS where the second lowest was 13 incidents recorded in both 2008 and 2009 why do you think that is? It's an interesting thing to look into, and I'm very interested to continue research into that. Um, but, you know, they're doing the same thing, and I keep telling everyone this, and I'm just going to keep saying it. I'm sorry if you're bored. Um, but they're, they're trying to equate this large increase in catastrophic injury and death to young people, people of working age, highly educated people, as Dr. Corey said, to some after effect of COVID. And they never tell you in any of these studies, they don't even ask the question whether or not someone was vaccinated, which means you'll never get a pure study. They don't want you to know the answer. They don't want to admit that what they've done or they are complicit in it. One of the two things. And yes, Jersey girl, you are correct in the chat because when the shutdown happened, the parents halted their well visits and jab schedule. Yes. Yes. And then I wanted to bring this up because this is something we don't talk about often. Everybody needs to wear sunscreen, right? Everybody wear sunscreen. Protect your skin from skin cancer. I learned recently within the past couple of years of from Gigi at Uncover DC, a very natural, amazing skin protectant in the sun, which gets you nice and, you know, no burning. I haven't had a burn and I used it all summer. Uh, coconut oil doesn't have any of the chemicals that sunscreen does. These chemicals up here, oxybenzone, ox, uh, octanoxate, homosalate, octosalate, octrocyline. They all um, are toxic. Dr. Goddick says, we're exposed to the sun for hundreds of thousands of years and we're doing just fine until sunscreen was invented in 1938. Since then, melanoma rates began to skyrocket in the 1950s, yet people blame the sun 
rather than the chemicals in the sunscreen. These not only bake into your skin, but are also absorbed into your bloodstream. If parts per million can destroy coral reefs, imagine what these toxins can do to your own tissues. And I just want to say something. Um, The human body is an amazing, amazing thing. Given the onslaught of unnatural toxins and everything else we've been dealing with for decades now, it is quite shocking that we have been able to sustain. And the human body is a beautiful and amazing God-given gift. It just startles me every single day. There is a measles outbreak. Everybody be scared. I played on the show earlier in the year, or earlier last year, I should say, the clip from the Brady Bunch about the measles where they were like, measles party, just like they used to do with chicken pox. Before the nation's measles vaccination program, about three to four million people got the virus every year and about four to 500 died. Four to five. Do I even need to say anything? <laughs> Come on. Like, do I even need to say anything else? Most people haven't seen a case of measles. They don't really have any appreciation for the severity of the illness. Why is measles spreading? It was eliminated in 2000 after zero virus spread for more than a year, largely due to a highly effective vaccination campaign. However, clusters in the U.S. are still possible because it's not eliminated worldwide and there are several countries with active outbreaks. So if you're unvaccinated... And you go out to a country and get it and then come home. You can give your measles to a vaccinated person. You can give your measles to someone who's been vaccinated for measles if you've been unvaccinated. Oh. Oh. Hmm. Well, isn't that an interesting bit of science? Let us talk about Canada and COVID still on that topic, but this is interesting. Judge rebukes Trudeau for not justified use of Emergencies Act to break convoy. You guys have to remember the trucker convoy in regards to the mandatory lockdowns and vaccines in Canada. We had Wendy who took a ride with the truckers here in New York, in um, in uh, the United States. She reported live. We had a lot of coverage on it. I think somebody emailed me the other day about another trucker convoy that's happening in the United States for a different cause that I haven't had a chance to look into yet. But um, a Canadian court has ruled. They, they, what they did here, if you remember, is they basically stopped you from being able to, like if you donated to these guys to keep them going, they froze your bank accounts, caused a bank run in Canada. They had to reverse themselves and come back and say, hey, we're not going to do that anymore because people were running to the bank to take their money out because they were threatening to, to confiscate their funds. If they donated, a Canadian court has ruled that Justin Trudeau's government was not justified when it used sweeping powers to break up what the prime minister called, quote, illegal and dangerous protest blockades across the country two years ago. A federal court found on Tuesday the government's invocation of the Emergencies Act in response to the so-called Freedom Convoy protests was not justified in relation to the relevant factual and legal constraints that were required to be taken into consideration. In his decision, Justice Richard Mosley wrote that the move was unreasonable and led to the infringement of Canada's Charter of Rights and Freedoms. In February of 2022, truckers and their supporters occupied Ottawa, the Canadian capital, for nearly a month in a protest over public health orders related to the pandemic. 
Protesters also blockaded key border crossings with the United States. Trudeau responded by invoking the 1988 Emergencies Act for the first time in Canada's history, granting the federal government sweeping powers, including the ability to ban gatherings at certain locations and stop crowdfunding efforts to stop the protest, to support the protests. And here's what they had to say yesterday when asked about it. It's a single out some of your choices on freezing bank accounts and credit cards as being part of a reason where it's unreasonable in terms of the measures taken by the government. You defended those when you announced them at the time. Do you have any regrets on, on taking that measure in the light of this decision? Would you have done it differently uh, based on what uh, we've seen from the federal court today? Uh, as I said in my opening remarks, we faced as a country and as a government an incredibly serious threat, a threat to the public safety of many Canadians, a threat to our national security, including our national economic security. We acted to secure and protect Canada and to secure and protect the national interest. It was not an easy time. These were not easy decisions. In making our decisions and choosing to act, we worked very, very hard with all levels of government. And we were very mindful of acting in such a way that the safety, the physical safety of all Canadians involved would be preserved. We. I don't want to minimize the gravity of the actions we took. Neither do I want to minimize the gravity of the threat Canada faced. And to your question, I was certain after a lot of deliberation with colleagues and many others that we took the right decision. I was certain at the time I was certain when I testified before Rouleau, and I remain certain today. Thank you. You want to know the difference <clears throat> that I noticed right away about this versus here? They actually let the person finish their answer before they interrupt with another question. This is terrible tyranny, and I'm glad a court in Canada understands it as well. Everyday Canadians and Americans were swept up in this. This threat from these people who just wanted to maintain some semblance of their liberties. Who didn't want to give away their freedom wantonly to some government organization threatening to jab them in the arm with a poison should they not acquiesce. I don't find that to be dangerous to national security at all. As a matter of fact, Canada should be happy that they have citizens so hell-bent on personal liberty and freedom gifted to them by God, but they don't have a constitution. Oh, wait a second. They tried that here, too. I toiled over this decision. I thought about it a lot. And I decided that I was going to be a dictator and destroy the lives of millions of Canadians because they dared to challenge us. That's, I mean, NPC much? Jeez. Jeez. 
I wanted to move on, actually. I had Libs of TikTok up here because she was appointed to over uh, the Oklahoma Library's Review Committee, which is great for, for us. I think that's fantastic for Oklahoma. Um, but I think I'm going to go to the Carrie Lake thing because this is really interesting to me for a number of different to reasons. Stop me. If you remember in March of 2023 at CPAC, it was right after, I think, our interview. Carrie Lake said this. To stop me and to silence you. I decided to share this. It's a little bit controversial, but I'm going to put this out. Somebody showed up at my door this week. They called me before and said, I got to talk to you in person. This can't be done over the phone, which is always kind of like, uh-oh, what's that going to be about? They came to my door and they tried to bribe me out of getting out of politics. <laughs> this really happened. I'm telling you this because this is how disgusting politics is. A mom who runs for office and they're afraid of me, they tried to bribe me with a job title, with a huge salary, a position on a board. This is how they do it. And I said, are you kidding me? I walked away from a big job and a big salary. I'm not motivated by that stuff, guys. I'm not. So this person standing before me was sent at the request of some powerful people back east. They want me out of politics. But wait a minute. I thought they already stopped us. Why are they so afraid? I thought they already stopped our movement. So, so. Well. I don't know. I don't know what the future holds. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm just on God's time right now. And when I said no to this person, they didn't take no for an answer. They said, well, what will it take? What is your price? How do we keep you out? Name your price. This really happened this week. Name your price. All we're asking for you to do is to get out of politics for two years. Okay, CPAC, I got to ask you, do you think I should sit out for two years? So that was what she said. She said it happened that week. And then just yesterday, this audio dropped of DeWitt, Jeff DeWitt, Arizona Republican Party chair, caught on secret reporting, trying to bribe Carrie Lake not to run for the Senate. And it's five minutes long. It's super interesting. Now, people are like, oh, well, it sounds like it's been rehearsed. It doesn't sound organic. And I'm just going to say this. Carrie Lake might not sound organic because she knows she's being recorded. She knows everything that she says is, is on record. She knows she's recording it because she expected this guy to come over and talk to her about something she can't talk about on the phone. Of course, you're going to record it in a one-party consent state. He's not, he doesn't think it's being recorded. He seems pretty organic to me. Um, here it is. Is there a number at which? I can be bought. <laughs> That's what it's about. You can take a pause for a couple years. No. And they go right back to what you're doing. No. 10 million, 20 million, 30, no, no, no. A billion, no. This is not about money. This is about our country. I think it's disturbing that they would even 
that anybody would think this is. I, I, no, to be fair, even me, even me, I'll say this. I want a fresh face right now for the reason that I've never seen anyone. I can't think of a single person in a federal race who lost, ran in and won. I can't think of it. If you can think of it, let me know. I'm not going to let these people who hate our country tell me not to run. You should call them and tell them to get behind me. So what's going on? What is, uh, I'm assuming this is our friend. Uh, this is, this is. So it goes on from here. He seems to give her a veiled threat about the cartels. He says that if she talks about this, he'll be killed if he starts to, tries to start his car. Interestingly enough for me, the only thing that gives me a little pause is it's clipped. There's the whole conversation hasn't been released, which is always a little bit of a hmm. Um, and it seems to be her line of questioning seems to potentially be a little politically driven in that we're not hearing the part of the conversation where she drops DeSantis's name. And it's interesting to me that that happened in there. I want to hear the rest of that and how it went. She knew exactly what she was doing. She knew she was being basically approached as a bribe. I think it's disgusting and we need to find out exactly what the hell is going on here. If you think this is the first time that this has ever happened, you'd be 100% wrong. And I don't know why this came out now, um, but it did. She talked about it back then. Um, I'm sure there's going to be more follow-up on this. Kelly Ward <laughs> tweeted, and everyone thought I was bad. <laughs> Let's listen to a little more. This is back east. They, there are very powerful people that want to keep you out. I know oh, they do. But they're willing to put their money where their mouth is in a big way. So gross. So. So gross. This conversation never happened. Th this is crazy, though. They should want me. I'm a great candidate. People love me. These people are corrupt. Well, maybe you're right. They are right. They are corrupt. Maybe. This is right. Don't, don't go. Do you ever, though? I don't get myself in trouble. This, if you, if you, if you say no, that's just fine. It's your choice. Don't tell people. I got They're going to try to have me murdered. <laughs> I don't that either. world, man. If that stuff that came out last week is right about the cartel stuff, I mean, I hear the, the cartel's operating in 50 states right now. Like all 50, you mm -hmm. know? So. So what, what, what's going on? Who is it? What? Forget the who. Let me just tell you the what. So gross. Aren't you just disgusted listening to it? Frank said, I would have probably been able to do without the eating sounds. You know how he is. I laughed at that. It's, when I heard it, I was like, if Frank is listening to this, we're in trouble. I just say there are people calling around saying, gosh, no, they can't repeat this. Never repeat this. If you say no, don't, because they I got offered to buy out. Don't, don't, yeah. don't use it. Because then we lose our ability to get things done other, in the future. Here's this, my problem. Rather than just say, let's work with her. She's a great candidate. Because they don't own me. And it pisses me off. Yeah, it's not it's about ownership. It's about control. I don't know if it's about control. It's about being on the team. I guess that's... You gotta be... You know I mean? They Listen, want... Be on the team. 
You've got to be on the team, Carrie. You can't be out there saying all this stuff. You have to be out on the team. This is why when I tell people the story of what I went through, just being in the party here in South Carolina, (laughs) just being an executive committee woman for my county, okay? Not the precinct, the county. A state executive committee woman. Here. I want to be on the team. They want you to be on their team. But if they're pushing a globalist agenda, I can't do that. So what do they want? What do they want me to do? They want you to stay out for two years. (laughs) But, I'll tell you what I can offer you. But, um, I said you can do whatever you want, talking head, this and that. So, the the ask of me was, it's kind of funny. So the, the ask I got today from back east was, this is, has to stick to us. Is there any companies out there or something that could just put her on the payroll and give her to keep her out? And I said, well, what do you- he, he is, he is the worst of the worst. What do we want to do? Like, whatever we need to do. This is about defeating Trump. And I think that's a bad, bad thing for our country. DeSantis is not America first. I completely disagree. Ridiculous, but okay. They were probably going to use this later on and take that whole DeSantis conversation out of it and then push it as a propaganda piece at some point if DeSantis stayed in. That's my thought because it cuts now. This is about the final death blow to Trump. and I She is I- completely guiding this conversation, by the way. Kudos to her. It's good for our country. I love Trump. It's not good for our country, Jeff. Now, Jeff worked, Jeff worked with Trump in 2020 and 2016. He was on the campaign. It's not. But at the same time, I'm not even sure Trump can win again. I don't know that he can win again. I think what it really comes down to for a lot of people, it's not really about like, control or agenda. It's just about the ability to raise money to win. You know? If you really want to know, all of politics, politics boils down to money, I think. Mm-hmm. And even on their end, like, what makes them the most money? I know. These, all these consultants don't want their, their payday to end. And I don't want to make a deal with these kind of people. This is a hill worth dying on. I am not. Like if the they're going to steal not. the election to make me and our, our movement go away, I'm not letting him do that. I owe it to the people of Arizona. Or to carry their torch and their voice. Or you don't go away. But just pause. But you pause. This is the battles right now, Jeff. You pause. And you fill your coffers. No, the battle is right now. The battle is right now. And um, we don't have time to, to pause on this battlefield. You're not. What you can't scratch their back. It's not for you. Yeah. You don't have anything to offer them. And they're sitting around people that have something to offer them. You know what I mean? It's just it's it's a it's a back scratching club. That's all it's a back scratching club. That's all DC is. It's a big back scratching club. That's all. DC is. It's a big mm-hmm. back scratching club. You're in no you're in no position to scratch anybody's back and you've already made it known that if you get there you're not gonna scratch anybody's back. I don't scratch people's backs. You know, I was. I, I don't scratch people's backs. They just send me in to be the little dirty henchman to bribe you. 
No back scratching on... I'm a little minion in the grand scheme of the back scratching club. Yeah, it's a lot of people for a long time. Back scratch mm -hmm. you know? Where are we in two years if they steal the election again? Listen to what you're saying. Why don't we do something about it? So that we the people can pick our... What can we do? I'm not willing to accept that. And I'm going to be the biggest pain in these people's... Go back and tell them that. Mm -hmm. I'm running... And I'm going to be the biggest pain in their And I'm willing to tell them that. And they're going to have to kill me. To stop me. No, I know. I know. Look. And, and you don't have to tell There's more to this than was here. But if you want to see what I'm talking about. I'm actually going to follow him in case he locks down his Twitter. He follows me. Jeff DeWitt here, AZ GOP chairman, husband, father, businessman, MBA, Trump 2016 COO and CFO, Trump 2020 COO, former CFO of NASA and state treasurer of Arizona, 14-year business CEO. So can we stop? Scratching everybody's back. Please. Can everybody stop scratching backs? That would be wonderful. If we can all just stop the back scratching, figure out where the damn bed bugs are, eradicate them, and move forward, I would be so happy. But if you think this is an isolated incident, you are not, you are not in reality. This happens probably all the time, just for whatever reason, a year ago today, or a year ago in a few months, I'm sorry, Carrie Lake decided to put this out or somebody got their hands on it for some reason. And the rest is history. I was going to do this thread by, quote, Rhino Thomas Massey about the J6 pipe bomb that he put out. His his asking the, um, the... Stephen D'Antuono, the FBI assistant director in charge of the D.C. field office about that. I'll put it in the show notes for everybody instead. Um, I have my former roomie, Cara Castronova, my former college roomie, um, asking. There was some really bombshell testimony. Police officer Lila Morris, who was the one who was striking Do uh, Roseanne Boylan 40 times with a stick was on the stand and was asked a number of questions by the defense attorney in this case, uh, Luke Coffey. She asked about the training on how to use that baton. She asked whether or not she was ever struck by Coffey. The answer was no. And then outside of the courtroom, Kara got the prosecution and interviewed or attempted to interview them. Here she is. Okay. Has to go through a press. All right, who's your press person? Why did why were the police escorted so quickly out out the door? Like Lila uh, Morris, who was clearly seen beating a woman. To our press people. Okay, she. Do you think that Roseanne Boylan was murdered January sixth? No. Do you think by Lila Morris? Why are you protecting no, somebody that was seen not. beating? I thought you were against police brutality. You're not against police brutality. No comments. Are you not against police brutality? No There's comments. There's no comment. So Roseanne Boylan, life doesn't matter. You didn't have to answer to journalists. Do you not believe in freedom of press? No comments. Okay, no comments. You guys, I hope that you can live with yourself. You're terrible people. 
terrible, disgusting people. Do you believe that Lila Morris murdered Roseanne Boylan January 6th no, at the U.S. Capitol? It's a conspiracy. You're all going to go to jail. If you would have asked me in 2000 and 1998 and 1999, I should say, whether or not my roommate would be doing this, I would have told you you were out of your mind. <laughs> Just a random occurrence, Kara. Oh, my gosh. It's just weird. <laughs> it's just weird to me. It's how the cookie crumbles. I'm going to start up Skype real quick. I'll share all that stuff for you. You can read it. Share it with your friends. And um, if you guys want to call the show real quick, share some comments. We've got about nine minutes before the show ends. The phone number to call is 803-580-5165. That's 803-580-5165. Call on in. Share your thoughts. I'll start talking about something and hopefully I will likely get a an interrupt. Um, I want everybody to understand something too. Um, the New Hampshire election last night 70% of Nikki Haley's vo voters were not registered Republicans. Here, take a look at the numbers. Among Trump voters, 70% of them, according to our exit polls, are registered Republicans. Donald Trump, his support, 27% of his voters are registered undeclared. There we go. Good morning. Oh, hello. I cannot believe I've gotten through again. It's <laughs> the joke. This is the same person that called the other day on Friday with the tenants joke. Is that who I'm talking to? Uh, well, yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> I just, you know, I wanted to, um, staying on that topic, but moving over more towards like border security and all uh, five ants joined another five ants to cross over the border, but then they became migrants. And <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I just hope you have a great day and you smile and everyone listening has an amazing, amazing day. Thank you so much. <laughs> Share love. <laughs> <laughs> okay migrants we've got migrants we've got tenants F I can't. listen listen anything is possible on this show literally anything especially when you don't screen your calls so Please, whoever that is that keeps on calling in with the jokes, bring it on. We could all use another laugh. I love it. <laughs> or independence. 3% uh, were unregistered before today. Look at how that compares with Nikki Haley. It's a complete reversal. It's an alternate universe. Among Haley voters, 70% are registered undeclared. Only 27% are registered Republicans. So Nikki Haley is literally propped up by only, only Democrats. Think about this. Who did you vote for and why? 
Yeah, so thank you. I voted for Nikki Haley, and it was certainly a strategic vote. Um, I think the DNC is fairly resolute in their nomination for Joe Biden. Uh, and while I wouldn't vote for her in a general election, particularly on our differences with uh, climate change solution, a woman's right to bodily autonomy, or uh, incarceration rates, I think a vote for Nikki Haley is, helps diminish Trump's influence in the RNC and their nomination, but is also a vote towards democracy. And Christian is emblematic of so many conversations that I've had here throughout the day. Rachel? So many conversations. Can we talk, please, about open primaries now? And there's a broader issue here with this than strategically, guys. There is a not for uh, an NGO right now that is working to get this done. Where is it? It's called Primary Pivot. Chill is the one who found this. Uniting to defend democracy. Vote in your state's Republican primary or caucus to stop Trump. It is not a horse, Molly. I mean, it is a horse, Molly. It is a horse. This is a horse. I don't care if anybody tells me differently. This is a horse. We need to stop the open primary, guys. It's We've been trying here in South Carolina for years and years and years to stop this open primary nonsense. And the thing that, that bothers me is that this has happened before. Like here in South Carolina, Republicans have organized to screw up a Democrat primary. However, it happens a lot less coming from our, our side. And the reason why that happens is because we don't organize well at all about anything ever. And you're seeing it now, like Charlie Kirk just came out the other day. Oh, we have to stop mail-in voter fraud. Uh, where have you been for the past two years? Like, why is this frantic push happening now in January of 2024? It's, it's. So what's going to happen uh, in February here in South Carolina when Nikki Haley comes down here and thinks she's going to win her sweet state. She's not. No amount of Democrats voting in this primary will will have Nikki Haley winning the primary here in her home state. But she won't drop out. She is going to stay in. And she's going to stay in as long as she possibly can. It's not a seal. Tim, right. It's a horse. Listen, if you want to say donkey, I'll give you donkey. Same family as horse. For those of you listening on podcasts, I showed a picture that people said was either a mermaid or a, or a uh, what was it? A fish? I don't even know. A mermaid or a fish. And it's not. It's neither. It, it's a horse. And if you want to say donkey, I'll find donkey, whatever. Here. Here it is on the screen again. But she will stay in as long as possible. And we really need to focus on this. I'm voting against her here in South Carolina in February. She will barely get single digits if I have my way. She is absolutely terrible. She should never be able to show her face in politics again after this. 
Here's an article in the Post today. Michelle Obama may already be working on a 2024 White House bid. Here it is. Around May, Biden announces he's not running. The so-called plot is that come the August convention, Michelle gets nominated. Next step, Hunter's father. The temp drops out just before the connection or the convention. He play acts for now. Um, The plan is currently being tweaked. This mishmash is bold. This mishmash bolds badly for our future. Moderates can't override the divisiveness. What this nation needs now is a centrist. Whatever. Just there's shenanigans. We'll be talking about all the shenanigans. It's. I'm going to say this. Saying that you're purging voters from the Republican Party because of their preference in candidate is not helping you at all. You need every Republican voter and all the indies and moderates to vote in the general for the Republican nominee, which will be Trump. You're going to need them all. And a lot of them are very, 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 very angry right now. And half of them didn't vote for Trump in Iowa. And you need all those people. And a lot of them just stayed home because they thought it was a foregone conclusion and didn't want to vote. You need those people. The time for coalition building should be now, not for divisiveness and shoving your own party to the left of the room just because whatever your reasons. It's important if you want to win a general election, which we have to do and doesn't look good right now especially with the poll, the, the polls directing people how to feel. I'm not saying the polls are right. I'm saying the polls are propaganda, as they've always been, and they're pushing them out right now to propagandize the people they need to to make the decision that they want them to make. We have to wake up to this and understand that the polls are being weaponized to make you think a certain way. Not you, but people. So, anyway... That's the show for today, folks. We'll be back on Friday with Frank. You have been listening to the Dark Delight Podcast with Beans. You can find us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 8.30 Eastern Time on all the live streaming platforms or audio only on all the podcasting platforms at 2.30 p.m. Eastern. Share this out with your friends. Make sure you read the, the stuff in the show notes today. All of it's important, especially the stuff about statins and cholesterol and your own health. If we're healthy, we can make healthy decisions. That's my and don't forget about the migrants or the ants in general. They're very important. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.